Welcome, everybody, to the GBO Podcast, where we're talking Gamecock basketball only, brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. And today, for our men's preview, we're joined by our old friend of the pod, uh, Chicken Hoops, uh, formerly from Garnet and Black Attack. Kyle, how you doing today, man? Hey, man, doing good. Uh, glad to be talking about a different South Carolina sport than the one most people are talking about. Or, well, it's a lot more happier sport to talk about than the current sports going on. When you set the bar low enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. Frank Frank Martin did that for years. There's my Frank Martin comment for the show. Already, anybody who had the over-under, what are like 20 seconds? <laughs> Bryce talking about Frank Martin. All right, this is our men's basketball season preview. Last uh, episode, we hit up the women's preview, which was – you know, the expectations was final four or start, you know, smelling the final four with the ladies. And for the men, expectations, guys, let's hit it off. Start of the show. Kyle, what's your expectations for the year? Uh, um, I, I mean, they'll be better. Um, it, It's a schedule that's got it's a really weird schedule and that like, um. You know, they're going to win some games. Uh, whether they're going to be good or not, I think is still an open question, but um, they should win more games. Um, and then, um, yeah, they should win more games. They should be better. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put my foot down on those two things. So it sounds like Lamont Paris in the media, the local media days, when they asked him, you know, what he thought the record would be, he goes, well, we're probably going to win more than we lose. And we should win – well, when that something like that, you messed, it up. Was, you messed, messed it, up. it up. Okay. He said we're gonna win a lot of games. Was what he and, and we're gonna and we're not and we're gonna lose a few amount of games or something like that. It was it was he he was basically saying that they're gonna win basketball games. And uh, what I think that the expectation for this team is is that we need to expect them to play in at least the NIT tournament. That like is that. that's the that's the expectation that I'm gonna expectation I'm gonna have going into this season. And honestly. I'm even, and maybe I am naive and excited about this team, but I am going to have an expectation that maybe not get to the NCAA tournament, but on the bubble, solid, solid season. I think that is totally doable by this team and the the roster that they have. So the David Cloninger bubble bubble is what we need to get on or the actual? Either one. If, If we get to the bubble bubble where there's an article, if there's an article written in by David Kloniger in the Post and Courier that's that says South Carolina needs to go need needs to do this to be on the bubble. That's that I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. My favorite of all time was if South Carolina wins nine out of their last ten, they should be in the tournament. Hey Bryce, anyway. if South Carolina wins out, they're gonna make the tournament. Just like I'm just that. saying that right now. If they win out, they're gonna make the tournament. All right, so my expectations similar to that was NIT sniffing the NCAA. That would I feel good for a year or two under Lamont Paris and just really show growth, right? Last year we won some games we weren't supposed to. We probably only lost a few games that we weren't supposed to, but it was and we what we smelled beating Alabama. All it took was what about three or four inches different on Michi's half court shot at the end of the game. Yeah, could have won yeah. it. But that's literally it's a game of inches, or is that just football? I don't know. But in basketball, sometimes it's a game of inches when you shoot the ball. Anyway, we have a 
different team, I would say, this year, right, guys? We have, a, I wouldn't say a complete different team, but we have a few stragglers from last year and then a whole new um, batch of transfers and um, even a few SEC. We even have an SEC transfer this year in Miles Studi. Hope I pronounce his right name. Stute, Studi? I'm going to go with Studi. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on transfers? Something you want to start with you? So I, I actually, I'm pretty pleased with, with how Paris did on the transfer portal in the off season. I think that uh, BJ Mack is going to be a big time player. Uh, He's coming in from Wofford. I think he's got one year of eligibility left. He was dynamite player at Wofford. I think he's going to translate to the SEC. Um, And then I think we got a lot of interesting other guys coming in. Stephen Clark is a transfer. Miles Stute, as you said, is a transfer. Um, And then, um, uh, Combining uh, Taylon Cooper also as a transfer, and then combining them with the incoming freshmen and Colin Murray Boyles, Arden Connors, um, I think that we have an interesting team on our hands that's going to be maybe a little different than the team that we saw last year. Kyle, your thoughts on transfers, new newcomers? Yeah, I mean it. It gives us a complete roster, which we we just fundamentally lacked last season. Uh, I mean, I think now you can look at this rot- rotation and say it goes probably ten deep, right? Um, you know, Stute, Mac, they're gonna I think slide into the starting lineup with Michi, Jacoby, and Josh Gray. Uh, Cooper could well start over Jacoby. Um, you've got Stephen Clark from the set it all, which I think uh, will probably be reminiscent of. Um, what Hayden provided last year, um, but taller, four inches uh, taller, taller. But what I'm saying there more is a guy who comes out of um, a, a SoCon school like the Citadel, um, not someone you want. I, I think he'll be appropriately slotted. I think we asked way too much uh, um, of our Citadel transfer for last year. I think Stephen Clark, uh, you know, Hayden Brown was asked to come in and really be one of our three, four best players. Um, Stephen Clark's not going to be asked to do that. Uh, I don't think he's um, meant to do that, but definitely the type of guy that can come in and play 20 minutes a game and give you good stuff. Um, you know, we also get uh, hopefully Deba um, from Coastal from last year. Uh, was a lost year, but hopefully him coming back, um, I think that uh, the defense that he can bring um, is a nice thing to have. And again, it's just, it's a fuller, it's a full lineup. It's a full, um, yeah, it's a full team in a way we just didn't have last year. It can answer questions. Um in a way that last year's team just that last year's team had exactly one way of doing things. Um, and that was based on the roster that was put together. So uh, for, I, I don't know that I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about a lot of the individual parts, but I'm also just excited that there's not, um, it felt like last year was um, a very poorly assembled uh, Jenga tower that was just uh, ready to fall over. Uh, if it was even touched the wrong way this year, you can pull some pieces out of there. And I still think, um, it can stay together. I think the big yeah. difference this year was, you know, when our guards got hurt last year, we sometimes only had two scholarship guards that were healthy at a time and depth was an issue. Cause all of a sudden you saw Sparkman and walk-ons coming in, in an SEC game, which usually isn't ideal unless you're a Frank Martin team that loves some walk-on playing. So after your thoughts. So, so I, I, I agree with both of you here, just like depth, like the difference between this team or the biggest difference between this team and last year's team is going to be depth. Uh, we're just deeper. And um, and with one of Kyle's points about um, Hayden Brown coming in from the Citadel, 
even if we needed him to be one of the four best players, one of the problems that we did with him was we had to play him out of position basically the whole season. He's going to be jealous of his pal Stephen Clark getting to play with this crew as opposed to the crew that he played with last year. Whereas, like, I mean, Hayden Brown's 6'4", and and at times was playing center for us because we just – we were super thin at at big, you, you know, down low. We were super thin down low. Deba going down made us super thin at guard. And uh, and just all across the board, the team just didn't have enough depth. We had six, seven legitimate guys that we were playing, and one of those was Hayden Brown at center. This, this team, we've got three or four guys that can slot in at bigs. We've got three or four guys that can slot in at the wings. And we got three or four guards that all look like they can play. And that's a recipe for a good 10 to 12 man rotation. Like, I mean, we don't even need a 12 man rotation. It's a recipe for a good nine, 10 man rotation once we get rolling in this. And um, it's one of the reasons why I'm very excited. Well, I love that this year we have true two true point guards that are like been a point guard a long time. You have um, deep Deba at a coastal spent a couple of years there hurt last year, like we mentioned, but then you also have the transfer in of Talon Cooper from I said Moorhead State, then Minnesota, I believe. Um, all um, all conference player Moorhead State, and then Minnesota last year, averaging over five assists a game. I think maybe around six. You can't complain about that. Between him and Deba, I think they both averaged over five assists a game, which I think is strong to have true depth at point guard, not just playing combo guards. I mean, we lucked out. Michi last year was able to play point, but you know he was a shooting guard, right? And he kind of took over and you saw him grow in front of our eyes last year, but I love the depth of Cooper and Deba. And then you got Michi at the two. He can play shooting guard coming off a pick. A Michi three off a pick, I think is going to be nice. And then you have Jacoby Wright, who probably had the most consistent jump shot last year out of everyone on the team. When you needed an eight to 14 fit jump shot, I felt like he could make it down the stretch, but that's just a mention of the guards. And then Miles Stude, I went to the scrimmage last week. The guy can't miss from three. Now, defense was optional in the scrimmage against each other, but it was impressive to see a guy knocking him down. True six 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 seven wing with SEC experience. You know, he led two years ago the SEC in three-point percentage, I think at 42 43%. So, interesting to see there. But my most exciting player I'm looking forward to, and he was sick and didn't play in the scrimmage, was Colin Murray Boyles, the AC Flora Started AC Flora, went out to Utah his senior year, but 6'7", 230, and from how they're talking, there's a chance that he's going to start at the five and have Mac play his natural position at the four. Really excited about Boyles. Freshman coming in, probably not as the height of Gigi Jackson, but a guy that looks like he he looks like he has an SEC body. He's not, you know, 205, 210, 230, pretty good weight. What are you guys' thoughts? on Colin Murray Boyles. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I think that uh, he's the guy that could sort of turn this team up a level from wherever it is. Um, If he really hits, then he kind of fills out, you know, this is a team now that's got plenty of good guard play uh, with Michi, Jacoby, Talon Cooper, Diva slotting in as well. Um, You know, you got Stute, Zach Davis, Stephen Clark, but, 
where it could be a little thin down there is that if, if anything happens to Josh Gray, you got to slide BJ Mack down into a center position. And I don't think you're really using him well if he's playing right. the five. So Murray Boyles being able to come in and be, be able to split the minutes of Josh Gray, or being able to shove Josh Gray off uh, the starting lineup um, is what could move this team's roster really up. I, I think a significant level, um, you know, 2025 spots of the national uh, rankings. So I, it's hard to be a big as a freshman in the SEC. Um, it, it always has been. It, the, the SEC is better than it's been in a long time, too, the last couple of years. So um, I, I think that's maybe an unfair expectation to place, but uh, it's certainly a possibility. And it, I think, is maybe one of the biggest uh, X factors in how good this team can be. Yeah. And so I, I think that the other thing that's important here about this team and the depth that we're talking about is that um, – this team's returning players that actually like, like we're aware of how good they were from the season before, which with the Frank leaving and uh, Paris coming in uh, or just, you know, Frank seasons prior where just retention and retention and retention was such a problem. Whereas this team's returning a handful of players like Michi's coming back, obviously like we want him to be our leading scorer. We want him to lead this team. But then in addition to Michi, we've got Josh Gray, who I'm looking for for a big-time season. Um, Dynamite Big transferred out of LSU a um, couple years ago now. This is his third year at Carolina. Um, and then um, and then in addition to that, we got Jacoby Wright, who is – I don't know if – if you're a listener of this pod, you know that we love Jacoby Wright and is, pro- and is potentially our favorite player on this team. And I'm looking for a big season from Jacoby Wright. I, I really want him to go to another level. He went, he had a massive increase as from a freshman to a sophomore. And I want to see another jump. And then we got a couple, you know, and then we got Zach Davis hanging out there. Like uh gained uh, 10 pounds in the offseason, Sumter. Davis has what? to wait. He gained 10 pounds in the offseason. I, I sign me up for that. You know, and so and so we've got some returning guys that we're able to pair with some of these transfers. And then and then, you know, Bryce, obviously a big time freshman coming in. That's something that's exciting for this team. Uh, and so I, I don't think Murray Boyles is going to start. I'm just going to go. Let's we, we can even go ahead and dive into the starting lineup here. But uh, I think that the starting bigs are going to be Josh Gray and BJ Mack. Um, I think they're going to start at the five and the four. And that that's what we're going to see. And that hopefully Colin Murray Boyles coming off the bench gets some dynamite minutes. And 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 if he is, you know, an SEC ready player, then that just I mean, he can back them both up. You know what I mean? And he, so can, play with Greg, he can play with Mac. He can back them both up. So you're all about starting guys that don't have to wear undershirts. They fill out the jerseys what I'm hearing at power forward and center. Sure. I'm about I'm 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 about starting the guys that we know, like like. Like we know who BJ Mack is going to be or, or this team's ceiling is based on us unknowing that BJ Mack is one of the three best players on this team. Uh, combine that with Josh Gray showing some more improvement. I think it's a great five and four. I think that's who we're going to start. And then we've got a handful of guys that can come in off of the bench. I'm thinking starters wise, I'm going to go with Taylon Cooper. A lot of experience. I think He'll start at the point, Michi at the two, Stute at the three. Um, and then you have between BJ Mack, Josh Gray. And I think by SEC play, don't be surprised if Colin Murray Boyles 
get some starts in SEC play, especially if he's clicking early. Bryce, if Colin Murray Boyles starts a game, I will say on a pod, Bryce said it on the preview, you don't have to keep working it in right now. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Kyle, what are your, your thoughts for your starting lineup? No, I think you're right. I think um, Taylon starting at the point lets Michi move back to shooting guard, which is probably where it makes a little more sense to have him. Um, and then Stute's going to be the three, BJ Mack, Josh Gray. That that sounds right to me. Um, a thing I'm happy about is that I don't really care that much about, you know, like I think Jacoby's going to, I think he just got a lot of 20 minute guys on this team. Um, yeah, I think Michi will probably be a 30 minute guy. Um, and everyone else is going to kind of have to figure out you know, they're going to have to earn what they are. You know, I think everyone's going to kind of probably start around somewhere between 15 and 25 minutes. And they're either going to play well enough to deserve that or they're going to get bumped down while someone else gets bumped up. And that kind of goes back to our point about, you know, having the depth to where if one of these guys doesn't pop, I'm not terrified that, oh, man, we're going to have to go to the guy behind him. Um, I, I could see some of these roles changing over the course of the season because there's going to be some good internal competition on this team. Uh, that hopefully brings out the best in most of these guys. Um, someone mentioned, uh, I can't remember who, uh, kind of the, you know, we've got some new guys, but the, the age of these players. Anyone here know how many seniors are on this team? I just looked and I can't believe it. So it's you, a have, lot. you have BBV, Sumter's favorite player. That's one. You got technically Josh Gray. Um, are you counting graduate students, super seniors? Is that what you're going to go with? So, so COVID, COVID year is definitely what is making this what it is. So I'm not talking about guys running out of eligibility. I'm talking about guys that are listed as seniors. Okay. I think that's, well, I think those are the only two I have listed. Well, no, um, you've got Deba. You've got Deba. And uh, he's talking about the grad students too, Bryce. You've got oh, Deba, BJ okay. Mack, Stephen shirt. Clark. Okay. Um, uh, Let's see here. Who else? You got Mac and Clark, Josh Gray, BBV, and then you got Cooper and Diva. Yep. Six. Between six. senior, redshirt senior, and graduate student. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, you're still too short. Michi Johnson and Miles Stute both listed as seniors. Okay. All right, all right. So so Michi is Michi's listed. I'm looking at at uh at the because at, of COVID, he's a junior. That's I'm looking at Gamecocks online. They've got him listed as a junior. Okay, but it's his fourth year. It is his yeah. fourth year of college basketball. Okay, um, then uh, I'm being pedantic, but the point is, man, a lot of years college basketball experience on this team. A lot and, of years. And I think Lamont Paris at SEC Media Day is that I think we went from 130 starts preseason experience to 430, Whew. something like that with starts. That's a lot more experience, Sumter. There's one thing that is very true in this new era of men's college basketball, and that is that old veteran teams are good, and they're good down the stretch, and once they gel, they're good. 23-year-olds are better than 18-year-olds. You know, like, like yes, are some of these one-and-done freshmen that Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama have, are they going to end up – are they going to have better NBA careers than everybody on this team? That is probably true. But right now, on in the way that this is set up, these guys might be better than them, and um, and so I'm very excited for this team. I think it is. I think it's an excellent point that you're making, Kyle, that they are old and experienced and veteran and a veteran team, and um, I, I think the sky's the limit with this team, y'all. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we learned that last year, right? I mean. Um... I'll take Gigi Jackson at 23 over just about uh, anybody, but um, the one year he was here, he wasn't 23. 
That's and right. So that's exactly what's going to, I think, yeah, we're going to get to see the other side of that this year. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. And, um, and yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very ready for this team. Uh, and one of the things about this starting five that is wonderful, if we're penciling in Gray, Mac, um, Stute, Cooper, and Michi as our starting five, then right off the bat, that means that we got Stephen Clark, um, Colin Murray Boyles, Jacoby Wright, like those three coming off the bench. I feel better about those three guys coming off the bench than I did about any player coming off the bench last year other than Jacoby Wright. But Jacoby Wright's not going to be one year better, you know. And so, like, plus we haven't talked much about Zach Davis. He's going to be better. Just the second five players on this team are going to be so much better than the second five players on last year's team. It's not even close. The bench last year was Chico Carter. I mean, that that was yeah. just about it. Yeah. Zach Davis was growing, but, like, he, he wasn't there yet. Well, it's when the backups on, came in, it was a big drop-off yeah. against it, SEC teams. It depended on who was the sixth man, Chico or Jacoby. That was, like, like we had six guys. And um, and hopefully we don't have to get a ton of minutes from BBV. Well, if BBV's getting a lot of minutes, either he has had a miraculous turnaround or – which, which I will take, but like, 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 give BBV the minutes because he's good. Like, yes, sign me up for that. So, can I mark that this at this moment in the podcast, Sumter is predicting BBV? No, no, you cannot mark that, that at all. Next level, okay. You cannot mark that at all. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into the schedule, guys. Um, we're gonna find out pretty quickly how this team is going to do. You have your thirteen non-conference games. But one little note, we have the exhibition Wednesday night against Walford, um, B.J. Mack's former team. Can we beat Walford? Because in the past, Walford has given us all we could handle. Kyle, what are your thoughts? We better? Yes. Um, This isn't – I mean, you're right. In the past, um, you know, uh, Jay McCauley had uh, Walford cooking there for a couple years after the Mike Young experience when he really had him cooking. Yeah. Um, McCauley's out of there now. Um, yeah, I, I won't. This is not Fletcher McGee's Walford. <laughs> like, like this, this is not Fletcher McGee's Walford. This, this it's is not that, even B.J. Max Walford. Yeah. The best player for Walford coming is on our Fletcher team. McGee reference, man. I'm blown away. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's I think that's the last time we played Walford and we lost. By twenty plus points, they they. I I don't know if we've played them in the intervening years, but I know they just put it on us that night. That it it, it was it was obscene. It was it was absolutely obscene. But yeah, but so we got Wofford as an exhibition. Obviously, if we have trouble off the jump here against Wofford, my excitement that I am having on this pod right now will go down. But we got Wofford as the exhibition. USC Upstate first game of the season, uh, Monday night, November sixth that's at the colonial life arena. We should win that. I'm just and happy th- we're playing them and Columbia and we're not doing those weird road games. Thank God. At a small school. Yes. It's a lose, lose situation. Well, we're it's, doing that. Just not, not in an exhibition. Yeah. And so then the, I think the first real test, first real test of what this team's going to be. Um, we're playing in Charlotte, North Carolina, Friday, November 10th against Virginia tech. And that's going to be tough, Virginia Tech. I'm not going to say they smell or sniff the NCAA tournament, right? 
I feel like they're in the upper echelon of the ACC. I don't know where they're picked this year, but fair to say they'll probably be in the conversation. Bryce, Virginia Tech and Kempom is 65. We are 66. It is It is Ooh. a very very even matchup here. Sounds uh, like they're only going to predict them to win by a point or two. And, and it brings uh, it all – it ties it all nicely up because it is uh, former Wofford coach Mike Young. Um, and also to answer the question, uh, we have lost to Wofford once again since that uh, drubbing in Columbia. Um, we went to Spartanburg and lost them in 2022. That's right. We did lose the Wofford in 2022. Yep. Um, I already blocked it out of my memory. Yep. Wait, sorry. Yep. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. We won. We won. I I, I, I got that backwards. No, we won. Um, I was looking at the Wofford schedule and it said lost. No, this was last season, played right? and this... beat Wofford in 2022. So, all right, we're, we're on the way. Kyle's drinking. He's drinking. Is this last season that we Two played Wofford? Ago. Two years ago? Okay. Yep. 22, okay. Frank's last year, beat Wofford at home. Um, kind of in that little – Right after we beat UAB, right before the wheels fell off in Conway. I would have totally believed you. If if you had not told us, I would have believed you forever. That I believed Frank that Frank in his last season lost to Wofford again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no, I mean, Virginia Tech's where it starts. Um, I think that it, it's interesting for a, a schedule that, that's got some real soft parts of it in the non-con. Um, it's got games that if we're – it kind of depends on how good we are if the schedule will be challenging or not. Like DePaul, um, neutral. Uh, Chico Carter be... on DePaul. Yeah. I'm going to miss Chico this year. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to think that Grand Canyon or San Francisco are very good, but like they will be respectable opponents in the second game of that tournament. And so we'll we'll learn a little bit from it's, that. It's three tournament. games. We play VMI first. Yeah, VMI at, at home. And then you play the two neutral against DePaul and then the winner of Canyon. Yeah, sorry, I was talking about the neutral games. Um, we we I hope we don't learn anything about ourselves against VMI. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, Notre Dame, you know, at home, we should be better. It's it's a kind of surprisingly – I hadn't realized until we looked at it today just how soft this non-conference schedule is. And I don't know that it's the wrong approach. I, I just – I had not realized it was the approach we were taking. And it's um, – on the one hand, we'll have a ton of chances for quality wins. Um and the SEC because the SEC is excellent this year. On the other hand, um, you know, we, we all love to bag on Frank Martin on this podcast. Man, this is a Frank Martin asked on the conference schedule. Just just absolute direct. Um, with, with one exception, we're playing them at home. So you have like, like we're, we're not at we're not at VMI, or are we? No, no, we're, no, at no East, we're at uh, we're at Clemson and we're at East Carolina back to back the uh, second week of December, and that's that's it. Everything else is neutral or home. Yeah. So hey. so Notre Dame's 165 in Kempom, and uh, and DePaul's like 110. Let me see what Clemson is real quick. Like, did you say like, Notre Dame? You, where'd you say Notre Dame was? Uh, Notre Dame's like 160, 145. Wow. Uh, it's it's not. They're 165. Yeah, Clemson. So, so Clemson is fifty-one. Clemson is at Clemson. That is our that that is one looks like our toughest out of conference game. So, if it comes down to it, out of the thirteen non-con games, we have Upstate, Virginia Tech, neutral, BMI at home, DePaul neutral, Grand Canyon or San Francisco neutral, Notre Dame at home on the part of the SEC ACC challenge. George Washington, which beat the crap out of us last year. Revenge at game. Clemson, 
at Clemson at East Carolina, Charleston Southern, Winthrop, Elon, Florida A&M. So out of those 13 games, would it surprise you to say if we went 11-2, and two, would you take it? With losing I would take 11-2. Clemson and maybe Virginia Tech. I would take eleven and two. I, I, sign me up for eleven and two right now. Ten, it's not I would a question if we play good. I mean, every team's beatable. Clemson will be the tough one. I mean, we beat them last year. Beat them again. I will be annoyed with ten and three. I'll be annoyed with ten and three, but I'll probably even take that just because of how everything, just how awful last year was. But eleven and two, I think eleven and two is a good number, and I think there's an outside shot at twelve and one. So if we start the season eleven and two or better, we're all in a good mood going into the SEC play. We're eleven and two going into the SEC play. I'm in a I'm in a good mood. Well, we'll find out pretty quickly. But at least it's not daunting to where you're playing three or four highly ranked teams and. They get time to gel together and not get the crap beat out of them early. I think I, that's a good sign. I'm okay with the softer schedule this year. I'll, I'll be happy. Happy is too strong. Don't lose a home game. The home schedule is upstate VMI, a pretty bad Notre Dame team, not a very good George Washington team, awful Charleston Southern, eh, punchy Winthrop, bad Elon, bad AM. Don't lose a home game. Um, you can't go in five in the other ones, but don't lose a home game. And yeah, you can make some hay out of that schedule. You get to 10 and three by going two and three in the other ones. I, I can live with that. But that, that to me is going to be kind of the, if we're losing home games and out of conference, you should start being at least a little worried. We, we need, you're right. This, this is the perfect way to look at the out of conference. Win all the home games that that's eight of them right there. And then and then go and then try to go three and two, four and one in the in the preseason tournament for, and the neutral game at Virginia Tech plus at East Carolina and at Clemson. So Sumter, you're the talking Kim Palm. Is it fair to say we're not playing any ranked teams in non-conference? We're playing no ranked AP top twenty-five teams. Uh, the the toughest team that we're playing, it's it seems like is Clemson and then Virginia Tech, and then everybody else. Those are the only two teams that are – if you wanted to break this down in that ranking, there's two teams that are better than us uh, uh, preseason in Kempom. Kyle, do you want to give a brief description of what Kempom is for our listeners because we're kind of going off of this right now? Oh, former uh, f- former Garner and Black Attack stat <laughs> guy right there. Uh, Kempom looks at um, who you played, where you played them, and how much you won or lost by, and uses that to determine who they, how they should be ranked. Um, for what we're talking about now, which is preseason, um, it also looks at sort of what you've been historically, who you've recruited this year, and who your players are. And I'm going to say coming back. It, it looks at the players you have with college experience, and it sort of uh, un- understands how good or bad you expect them to be based on how they've played in the past. Was that short enough? That was great. And uh, the, the wonderful thing about it is it ranks every team that's eligible from the NCAA tournament in one ranking. And so, like, like for example, VMI is, like, is ranked like 314th. That's about as low as it can be. That is a terrible loss versus, you know, losing to DePaul is a much less terrible loss. And, and we're able to measure that 
by using these rankings. And Kim Pom is short for a guy named Kim Pomeroy, who uh, who runs this metric and site. You can find him at t- kimpom.com. But so that's probably what they're going to be going off of throughout the rest of the pod. So it's not going to be Oliver Purnell's, the OPP, the Paul team. Is that correct? No. I'm not complaining that. I do not think Oliver Purnell is the coach of DePaul anymore. Are you he down with that. OPP? You remember sure. that? That's what yes. Clemson used to play when he was the coach. Anyway, Bryce, fun fact of the day. All right, so 11 or 2 or better, 13 and 0, that would just be glorious. It's in the cards. Like, if the team is as good as we are excited about, this schedule is weak. Like, if they go into Clemson and beat them, you, you know, it's it's in the cards. I'm not going to say I'm expecting 13 and 0, but this team is this team is possible of running the table in the out of conference schedule for the first time in a long time. Let me put it that way. And we beat Clemson with less depth and quality last year, so it's possible. They might be really upset about that and and um and want to say something about that in um in Clemson this year. All right, Sumter, I'm assuming you're going to ask me a question about the SEC play. All right, so uh, so moving into SEC play, while the out-of-conference schedule is weak, all right, uh, in SEC play, this is a different story. Bryce, how many ranked teams we got preseason AP in the SEC? Uh, I'm so going to say, say. I'm going to say five. You are right. Can you name them? Wow. Can you Tennessee, name them? Tennessee. Are we counting home and away or just teams in general? No, just just teams in general. I, we're we're going to play more than five. There are five ranked teams in the AP poll. All right, so Kentucky, um, Alabama, Arkansas. One more. Uh, one more. Um, I'm going to go with Auburn. Incorrect. Wow. Texas A&M. Texas A&M yeah. coming in at like 15. And so this is a perfect example of Kim Palm versus the top 25 of what we've been talking about. Kim Palm has Auburn at 15th, but not in the top 25. Kim Palm has A&M at 24, but the AP has them at 15. And Auburn so must have people, lost a lot of people. I, I, I'm not – they're going to – I'm positive that Auburn is going to be good. That is that – is, I, I do not know what they are made of but I'm positive that Auburn is going to be good. Is but, Bruce Pearl going to have a few recruits at a, at a barbecue? He's already, they've already been to the barbecue, Bryce. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so here's the deal though. And this is really interesting in Kim Palm to start the season. We are ranked 66th. That is good for 12th in the SEC. All right. Which is obscenely, which means the conference is obscenely good. So. Uh, and Sumter, we were picked preseason. Number fourteen by the. Were we picked that... last again? Were we picked we were. last? Oh, yeah, 14. love that! And what did we finish last year? Eleventh or twelfth? It was either eleventh or twelfth. It was right uh, around there with Ole Miss. We were fighting with uh, with conference record. Yeah, eleventh or twelfth. Um, and, and actual Ken Palm rankings, but well at the bottom. Um, we were but... a Q four team last year. I know that we. we uh, keeping Clemson out of the NCAA tournament uh, once again. So to compare this to say the ACC, who is generally thought of as this power basketball conference, um, 
NC State is 61st, and they are seventh, which means that there's there's in in um in Kim Palm and the SEC, there are 11 teams in the top 60. In the ACC, there are six. And so, like the SEC, I'm I'm using this to just simply say that the SEC is stacked this year. How many teams hit the tournament last year for the SEC? We had to have seven, maybe eight. It was a lot. I don't remember the exact number. It was. I don't remember the exact number. Eight teams. Yeah, that had to be near a record, right? Um, feels like in the early, like wait, right when the. I always felt a little bad for Dave Odom because he put some really good teams out there, but he was he was here during the absolute peak of the SEC. Um, and that concludes the nice things I want to say about Dave Odom tonight. Are you talking about the winningest NIT coach of all time? Uh, a man, the man who wrote a book entitled The End is Not the Trophy, and we let him coach our team for damn near a decade. Thanks, Tim Duncan. All right. So, so, so anyway – Coming, however, the SEC is loaded. The schedule, y'all, breaks very nicely for us, I think, in SEC play. So I'm going to break this into into three tiers. All right. First of all, there's five teams that are in Kim Palm's top 20. They're Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky. We played them six times. Right. We we played this group of teams six times. Kentucky and Tennessee at home. Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Auburn on the road. I personally think that this is excellent because it basically we're getting SEC road games out of the way against teams that are going to beat us. And you talk about Tennessee, the team that beat us by 40 points twice last year. That's right. Yeah. Which set an SEC record, which I didn't know that was a thing. First team to beat the team by 40 plus. But yeah, Tennessee is probably going to break our hearts. It's fair to say. And somehow we won at Kentucky last year. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you you kind of – yeah, we, we only have – those five teams, we only have to play an extra one against them. So, we didn't draw, you know, uh, a number of those. And then four out of the six away. Yeah, like, I, there's not a, there's not really a good schedule to be had in the SEC this year, but I, I agree with you that, yeah, that's kind of how you'd want it to break. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good point, Sumter. And so, and so, of those five – we, we only play them six times, and four out of six of them are away, all right? Uh, the next tier is basically Kimpom's 20 to 50, all right? Uh, and that is A&M, Mississippi State, Florida, and LSU. We played them five times, and only two of them are on the road, and three of them are at home. This is this These are the four teams that are going to make or break the season. All right. So like in that first group, if we can go, if, if if we can just if we can go one and sit and one and five against them, I think that's a like I I think that's okay. Like every game we win against Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky is a dynamite win. Um, where this team is gonna what's gonna make or break the season is AM, Mississippi State, Florida, and LSU. We've got Miss. We play Mississippi State twice, so we've got them home and away. We've got LSU and Florida at home. We've got A and M on the road. So you're saying there's a chance? 
Yes, Bryce. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> like, um, so 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 like basically what I'm saying is that is that if we can go if if we can go if we can one or two games against the the, the that top tier, go about 500 against the middle tier, and then the bottom tier. We play them seven times. It's Mizzou, UGA, Vandy, and Ole Miss. It's four teams. And this is what what I'm saying about how the schedule broke perfectly for us. Um, We play three of these four teams twice. We've got Mizzou, UGA, and Ole Miss, both home and away. And then we have Vandy at home. Y'all, this, like, like, we need to win six or seven of those games. Another few, like, like a nine and nine in conference play here is doable. Well, nine and nine can smell postseason play, especially if you have a strong non-conference schedule. Which we do not. Um like that that actually almost uh I mean one thing I like the I like looking at the schedule this way because it, it certainly helps me sort of um conceptualize it. But I think you know maybe a lesson that um is something to remind people um that that might not be thinking this way, but you know, something that really should have learned from the Frank era is that I, I almost worry that like nine and nine with this non-con is like the committee trying to prove a point of, well, you know, if you're on the bubble with that, this is what you scheduled, you know, that that's almost a bad, this feels like a bad schedule to be on the bubble on because it feels like you could really just get dinged for, well, you, you could have had one more big game. You just didn't schedule anybody. We're going to shuttle you off to the IIT again. These are these are champagne problems from where we were last year and where we're coming from. But um, I, I just want to sort of remind folks that I think people sort of lost their brains in what um, there was one year we finished like fourth in the SEC and we were not that good a basketball team and people just like lost their heads over the fact that people uh, teams below us were making into the tournament. But we get to play Georgia twice when they stunk. And, it, and we played we, we played Vandy twice that season too, and they yeah. stunk. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it, here, no one stinks. And so uh, an upside to a really good SEC is that you know we're sitting here, and I think appropriately saying this is a pretty weak out of conference schedule. Man, there's there's a lot of tier one, tier two games on the board. Um, there are plenty of chances uh, for this team to show an, an incidentally uh, selection committee that they are worth uh, giving extra games to. Um, even in the IT selection committee, um, there there are a lot of chances to put big wins on the board here. Um, won't be easy to do, but um, yeah, that in some ways it does make me a little more forgiving of the out of conference schedule, particularly um, you know if this team can kind of gel in the out of conference. It there aren't there aren't going to be breaks starting says, uh, January sixth. Well, so and and this is how important that out of conference that week out of conference schedule is is that if we struggle in the out-of-conference, I mean, we just outlined that Clemson and Virginia Tech are the two best teams that we're playing in the out-of-conference schedule. Clemson, if they were in the SEC, would be 10th. Virginia Tech, if they were in the SEC, would be 12th. And so, like, like we should, if we want to have a good SEC schedule, like, y'all, I'm actually rethinking this. 13-0 and in the out-of-conference, like, like that's something we should be thinking about. Like, like eleven and two. If this team, and, and and again, it's what this team wants. I want the ceiling for this team, and that's the expectation I want the fan base to put on this team. That's the expectation I want the fan base to demand 
Paris tried to excel to. This team is capable of going 12 and 1, 13 and 0 in that out of conference schedule. Is it fair to say if they can pull off a 13 and 0 and get to, let's say, 10 and 8 in the SEC, can that put us into the dance? I would, I would say yes. If yeah. you they, lose to your ranked teams, and let's say you have six losses to the ranked teams and beat everyone, at least when you're try to win your home games. One thing about a week out of conference is if you win it, it helps. At some point, at some point, the number in the wins column beats the 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 the, the strength of the schedule. And if you've got 22, 23, 24 wins, like like that's a recipe for the NCAA tournament. Well, I'm starting to forget what that feels like to go to the NCAA tournament. Do you guys remember those days? Those days? Like, like, what does that even mean from a Gamecock fandom standpoint? It's been so long. I can't remember. I'm starting to forget about Phoenix a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but, but, but like those days, those day, clear, those <laughs> years, <laughs> singular, like, 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 the, like, like there's not this era of the, it's, the, there's not, there's no Spurrier years here, guys. Like, like where, where for like three or four years, this team was incredible. It's, you know, we've got 2017. We've got the number ten seed in what? Um, o two. What? What? What year was that? Uh, o two. Uh, o two. Yeah, o four. O four. O four. We got the number ten seed in O four, and then we've got, and then we, and then we've got the the first round exits. In in ninety seven and ninety eight, those aren't days, Bryce. Well, hey, we are playing in Phoenix this year, just in a neutral site tournament. Um, I used um, there. There's a a website. Um, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. Where you can um, basically fill in wins and losses in the schedule and see what uh, it would expect. Uh, right. undefeated in the non-con, 10 and 8, no conference tourney, would have us first team out. Sounds about right. So that if you're trying to me- if you're trying to measure what this team needs to do, yeah. Win a two win a game or two in perfect the, in the non-con and probably eleven and seven. Yeah, I mean, dang near perfect well, in the non-con, 10 and 8, 11 and so seven. I actually 25. think this would be enough, but it'd be close. I think I think that would be enough. 25 game wins is what you need. I think I think that would be enough. I think I think that they went 13 and 0 in the non-con and went 10 and 8 in SEC play. I think that would be enough. In, unless they just got killed in the SEC tournament, um, they might need that SEC tournament game. But I think that I think a 24 a 23 win SEC team is gonna go. Because all of those, all 10 of those SEC teams, of those SEC wins would be against good teams. You're, like, you're again taunting the 2016 team, the 24 <laughs> SEC team that did not make it. That's a better SEC this year. It's a much better Hunter SEC. Hunter and I were sitting in the alumni center when they, you know, leaked those brackets a little bit early. And it, it was, it was a bad awkward. experience. It, Kyle, it was it was weird. You know how it got leaked that we weren't in it? Like the bracket got leaked before the selection was going on. That we were or weren't. I thought I thought they told us we were, and then they told Frank they were. They told Frank they were, which is why they did the the uh, watch party. All right. 
And uh, and then they leaked the bracket. They leaked the bracket in the middle of the selection show. The bracket oh, got leaked. I and so everyone's that. sitting there pulling it up on their phones. And everyone in, like, oh. it, it was like the alumni center across from the convention center on um, uh, downtown. Ooh. And everybody's just like, well, I guess it's time to go home now. You, you know, like. Like it was, it was very awkward. If you've never been to a bad election party, um, that's probably what it's like. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, let's start talking predictions. If you could predict, looking at the schedule, Kyle, I want to start with you. What do you think that we can do? Final end of the year. What do you think our predictions, should, your predictions, will be? Um. I, I gotta say, I've I've been I've been talking myself into this team a little bit. You know, it. I, I don't think some people appreciate how bad they were last year. I mean, it was we we did not finish. We did not. We were not the 14 seed in the SEC, but we were the worst team in the SEC. And it's a long way up from there. Um, I I think this team can definitely escape the basement. Um, and I think that this team can definitely win some games, but. It's just, it's such a jump to go from that into the NCAA tournament. And so I, I'm a little more reserved in how, not how good I think this team can be, um, just ultimately how good I think this team will be. And so I think 17 and 13, which I think puts us in 7 11 in SEC, you know, it, it's going to be a really tough year. Um, you know, Sumter, I think, said we've got six games against really, really top teams call us one and five in those and you split the rest and you get to about seven and 11 that feels right. It's not that the team can't get better, but there's just, it is a really tough schedule and it's a really long way up. Um, so yeah, um, definitely. Like I said, I, I think the floor is a lot higher than last year was. I think the ceiling's a lot higher than last year was. Um, and yeah, uh, really excited to, to tip it off in yeah, seven, uh, a week from now. All right. Sumter, what you got? I'm just going to go out here and say it, fellas. This team's going to make the NCAA tournament. Ooh, <laughs> drinking that Kool-Aid. I was in five points yesterday, and I saw someone dressed as the Kool-Aid man going, oh, yeah. Well, Are you drinking that Kool-Aid? Clearly. Clearly I am. Uh, but but uh, but no, I think this team's going to win the NCAA. I, win, excuse me. I think this team <laughs> – excuse Whoa, me. Excuse wow. me. Stop, stop, stop. I think this team's gonna. I think this team is going to be much better than people think it's going to be. They're going to be much better than they were last year. And the margin to get to the NCAA tournament now in NCAA basketball is not high. Like, look at who the Final Four was. It was it was a bunch of teams that we didn't even know would be there with a whole bunch of transfers on them, all of whom were 22, 23-year-old players. That's what this team is. I think this team can absolutely do this. Um, I, I, I think a, I think twelve and one, thirteen and zero in the, in the non-con is totally in play. And I think ten and eight, eleven and eleven and seven in conference play is also in play. Now I'm not naive that this is potentially a, a bold prediction, but but I I just I think that we like this is. This is the best South Carolina basketball team that we have put on the court since 2017. And so I'm going to try to set the bar high for them. I'm going to set, I, and, and I'm, and I'm going to hope that they can achieve it. Um, and 
do do I think that they'll put probably end up playing in the NIT? Yes, but this team can make the NCAA tournament, and I think they're going to play an NCAA tournament game. Wow! And so in this in this podcast, you've said that BBV is going to be playing so much, and we're going to win the NCAA tournament. That's what I've heard. I've never, so I, I did not. One of those things is not true. All right. So my predictions for the year. I think this is an NIT team. I think if some breaks go our way, we could maybe sniff the NCAA tournament. But I think around the 18, 19 wins is kind of where I'm going to have them. Um, just a feeling. But if the three-point shooting is as good as they talk been talking about in practice in the preseason, and I guess the couple of games we had in the Bahamas, if we're hitting 17, 18 threes a game, you can beat anybody if you're hitting 15 plus threes a game. So the sky is the limit. And I think it's fair to say we'll beat expectations from the preseason 14th prediction. We're, we're definitely going to do that. Let me maybe refine what I'm saying for my prediction here. This team's winning 20 plus games. This team's going to win 20 basketball games. All right. Like now, maybe that's not good enough because of how terrible this non-con schedule is. Maybe that's not good enough for the NCAA tournament. But this team's going to win 20 basketball games and give us a look at the NCAA tournament. And I'll tell you what, we might be watching it on a Tuesday or Wednesday night in the play-in game, but this team's going to be playing an NCAA tournament game. So it sounds like the GBO GBO needs to go to Dayton, Ohio. Is that what I'm hearing? Should we book the hotel now? No. (laughs) (laughs) I am not. I am not booking hotels in Dayton. All right, guys, any closing thoughts on the men's basketball season preview? No, looking forward to it. Um, it, Like we said, you know, you'll find out pretty early with Virginia Tech, the tournament out in Arizona. I think you'll actually learn a little about this team. And, um, yeah, the SEC will be a bear, but it's a lot. Like we said, it's a lot of experience here. Um, Some guys that that should know how to play. Uh, I, I think it will be a very different team than last year. I think last year's team was really trying to figure out who it was. Um, I, I think trying to assemble all the parts together uh, will be a little bit of a challenge, but these players, like, like we were talking about the experience, th- these players know who they are as college basketball players. And so I think seeing a team that that is a little more fully formed out the gate, um, I, I'm looking forward to that and then looking forward to seeing how it, how it might come together. Well, I just like winning. So if we can just do that, that will be good. Sumter, is it fair to say when we go to games and we win, we're in a better mood? We are, and this team's going to win more than they won last year. And uh, and 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 what that means is that it's it's going to be more fun. This is going to be the first time that we've – this is going to be the first fun basketball team we've had um, that, that, you, you know – in, in a while where it's just a lot of fun going to these games. You got a lot of different players that can make plays. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm more excited about this team than I have been about any team since the 2017 team, since the final four run. All right, guys, that's it for us this week. Kyle, we appreciate you coming and you're invited anytime to the GBO podcast. Thanks for having me guys. All right, we'll see you again. We'll probably be talking very soon, maybe some exhibition game, first game of the season. Hopefully we have a few wins to talk about. Anyway, for Sumter and Kyle, I'm Bryce. 
Go Cox. GBO out.